Pitt did it. They stunned Miami at the Peterson Event Center and another ranked home win for Pitt. Let's talk about it, what went into it, and just the crazy, crazy fallout from this game. It's all coming up today on this episode of Locked on Pitt. You are Locked on Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back here to the Locked on Pit podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Everybody, as always, I'm your host, Nick Faribault. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, let's talk about this huge win for Pitt over Miami. This seriously was a big win for Pitt. They needed it. Um, And... They needed to win one of the next two, whether it was Miami or UNC, after their loss to Florida State. But I didn't see this one coming, granted, with how it started. <laughs> and I think that's what makes this one so much more special for us. Um, really, I think this is honestly what makes it all the more special. Um, when you look at what happened between the final stretch between Pitt getting punched in the mouth repeatedly and then just popping back up. It, it kind of was poetic. It, it, it really did have a flow to it. Um, that was quite special, um, throughout the day. And, and I, I keep looking back on it and, and thinking about that game and, and just how it kind of put the cherry on top of everything. What a game. Uh, this really was um, for Pitt. Just a special, special basketball game. Um, and and really, this game overall is it, such a jolt to the Pitt program. You know, your first sellout since 2019 when Zion Williamson came to town. And, of course, he was the draw, not, not really Pitt at that time. And Pitt delivers. Uh, they deliver for the big crowd. I think that is so great. The zoo is absolutely just, <laughs> I mean, it's its insane. Uh, it, it really was absolutely bonkers uh, to see how quick uh, that, that zoo just came alive and, and came undone. And, and it was unbelievable because it really was quite special um, to see Pitt feed into the crowd and, and feed off them. And, and this was the loudest I've heard the zoo during my time um, under Jeff Capel, kind of just watching this program, I've never heard it louder. And it's so great to feel that because you, we all, we all felt kind of how this team was back in the day. Um, when, when you had Pitt as a top 10, top 15 ranked team, we knew how Pitt was. This was a, this was one of the deadliest places to play in college basketball in the big East. No one wanted to come and play in front of the Oakland zoo and starting to, to get back there. And, and that's really uh, special. I, I like that fact. I think it's it's a huge boon for Pitt to have the zoo on their side because for so many years that there's nothing to cheer about. There quite honestly was just nothing to cheer about for, for Pitt's uh, fans. And, and now they have this great team that's, that's just so resilient. So let's talk about the team, man. 
71 to 68 win, finishing the game on an 11 0 run over the last 203, held Miami scoreless for the last 226 of the game, including forcing three turnovers from Isaiah Wong during that period. Special stuff from Pitt. I mean, really, this game, this game, man, was awesome. I think I go back to Michigan in West Virginia when Pitt got crushed in those games, and we said, okay, this team isn't good again. And Jeff Capel said after those games that his team hadn't been popped in the mouth yet and responded. They had been punched in the mouth, but they hadn't responded to being punched in the mouth. Well, now they have a chance to get punched in the mouth so many times, and they've responded so many times, and, and you almost expect them to get back up now. It, it really is to that point where Pitt is a team that has endured so many second-half comebacks. Um, it really started all the way back against Alabama State, um, really, you can look that small to me and really get back to where this all started. William and Mary, they were bad in that game. Um, certainly, UNC and Virginia, um, you'll point to uh, as big games where they got punched in the mouth early and came back. <laughs> it's happened so many times throughout the season to where Pitt has been popped in the mouth and it's come back now. They, this is a resilient team. They don't have fear. It, it's it's really crazy because it was a cat and mouse game the whole game. You know, Pitt led early and then and then Miami just extends their lead to, to eleven at one point, and Pitt gets it back down to five, and then it's back to eleven, and then it's back to five, and then it's back to ten, and then Pitt just never went away. And with two twenty six left, they were down eight, and they still didn't blink in the face of adversity. What a team win! I think that is this team's defining characteristic. I really do. And it really was a team win. All the starters, four of the five starters, score during that final stretch. Jamaris Burton, the only one not to, and he gets two steals and two critical rebounds during that stretch on his way to a double-double. I look really at the start of this run, though, um, as as kind of the boon to it. Um, and that's really special. This team just doesn't have fear. You know, Blake Henson will hit shots when he he wants to. Nelly Cummings shoots the ball relentlessly, even if he doesn't feel like he has it that day. Greg Elliott does the same thing. So does so Burton. Uh, I mean, they just work together. They they like working together. They hype each other up, and they fight. They're not scared of anything. They've shown that. This team is such a fun group to watch, and they really do come together in in resiliency, uh, fat and resilient fashion. So many times and, and time out, I just I can't but not praise that fact. And this is a type of team that's so battle tested and has so many second half comebacks and big second halves, and so many late kind of games, you know, where they've had their heart broken against the Vanderbilt team right on the road, where they feel like they should have won that game. Well, they lose that, uh, they lose to VCU in a game they feel like they should have won late. But then they respond with games like Syracuse and Virginia and and UNC, uh, and yeah, then they'll then they get punched again, and, and then they they lose Clemson, and then then Duke comes in and and really crushes them in the second half, and, and so how do they respond? Well, <laughs> they win. They they do the two thing. They win the two games they're supposed to win. 
Well, Florida State comes in and beats them, and, and they hold off what, what could have been a run for Pitt. Pitt even taking a lead in that one. Pitt comes back and just responds. Like, every single time you look at this team and, and you say, well, the season could collapse, it, it just doesn't. They're a, a cohesive team that wins in different ways, that doesn't win through one player. They win as a group. They have different leading scores almost any time. They win through different formulas. They're a resilient group that, that goes through different changes each night in and out. They're a versatile group. I think that's that says so much about them. Um, and I think that's why they're kind of building this, this resume now for March. That's very impressive. And, and it's not just a team that can go to March and, and just make it. it. It feels like a team that legitimately is going to be battle-tested enough to where they can win a few games in March if they get lucky. Um, if they get hot, they play the right games. Um, I, I feel like that is is legitimately a feeling right now here in Pittsburgh, and it shouldn't be a dumb one that should be scorned by anybody. Um, so that I think that's really special uh, about Pitt. But I want to talk about specifically this game and kind of the sequence down – to the end that that really pops me um but first of all i want to let you guys know about fandle because folks this year the only app you need at your super bowl party is fandle america's number one sports book we're really excited about our new sports betting partner and that is fandle because for locked on they are the number one sports book in america and folks if you're new to fandle that's even better they have so many great features to make betting on sports so much more fun and easier for you just download fandle now so you can bet on the super bowl with 57 with a no sweat first bet that's right you can you can bet on super bowl 57 with the no sweat first bet you'll get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win fandle lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown and so much more so feel free to throw some cash down on that, if you want to look at Pitt UNC, you're going to get props for that. You're going to get a money line. You're going to get an over under. You're going to get a plus minus. You might even get some player props out of that one. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no sweat first bet on the Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, everybody. Let's talk about this end sequence because Pitt goes down 68 to 60 out of the under four. You know, they were they had it at 64 to 60 at one point, two baskets in a row for Miami. Just feel it felt like this game was slipping away from Pitt. Um, after those, Jordan Miller and Omir both get buckets on back to back possessions, and it really started to feel like, oh. This game's just too far away from Pitt. They they just didn't play it well enough. And then, and then, you know, Nellie Cummings puts up a, a crazy floater out of control. But uh, I think the game, the play that changed this game was Fede Federico's offensive rebound and put back. Pitt doesn't win this game without Fede Federico. And in number thirty three, man, we got it. We got to keep getting shouts to him. Eight points today, seven huge rebounds, uh, five of them on the offensive boards. He was so huge, four key blocks. He doesn't do anything flashy. He's not a particularly elite post player. He's, you're not going to throw it on the block for him and let him make nifty moves. He just He's just so solid at everything he does. He's a great shot blocker. He, he's, he's got great hands. He finishes at the rim very often. He gets key offensive rebounds. His length allows him to be both an effective rebounder and a great defender at the rack. It, it, he's such a good player, man. He sets good screens. He hedges when he's asked to. 
He, he he's such an active player. He runs the floor very well. He's got great cardio. I mean, thirty five great minutes for Fede Federico in this one. He really is just such a solid player. And you look at what he brings. I mean, to this team, and what he brings is is that dynamite kind of feel. Uh, he he really does because every time he's out there, man, it just seems like they work better. They function so much better when he's out there. He is such a fun player to watch. Uh, I think he really starts it. And then you just clamp down defensively. Fede Federico is very big part of that. Um, we'll get to it, but the final steal sequence with Greg Elliott, definitely a part of him. Uh, he was a part of that too. Um, but you look at this final sequence, Burton getting two key rebounds and two key steals. Um, in transition, Blake Hinson runs the floor even a contested three and just drains it. I, the thing I love about Blake Hinson is that he didn't really have everything going in some games. And even in this one, I didn't think he was particularly great early on. You know, he got sat down because I thought he was, was pretty sloppy and, and defensively. Um, but he he's fantastic when he's on, man. And he just, he just has this unwavering confidence in his game. But it's not unwavering confidence to the point where it's detrimental to his team. Um, he takes shots that he thinks he can make if there's nothing else there, and he does it with confidence, and he just forgets about it. Like, he just doesn't have the memory. Like, he can make a terrible play on one end and forget about it on the next, and, and that corner three was huge. Nellie Cummings, too, had a really bad first half of this game, but came alive in the second, scored nine points in the second half. I thought he was really good. Made a key bucket as well. Made a few really key rebounds. Uh, only allowed, only had two rebounds of this game, but both of them came down the stretch in really big situations. Um, I thought Jamaris Burton was great. You know, Henson coming back for the putback, clutch putback there. And, and then Greg Elliott. Like, I want to talk about Greg Elliott because I, 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 I there's such a, such a perfect example of resiliency in a player here. You know, Greg Elliott with the errant bounce pass, but then the steal and sinking two free throws. That's redemption. That's a short memory. It's hard as an athlete to do that. Like we we don't talk about how e we don't talk about how hard that is to do. That's really hard to do. And when it comes down to it, when you end up having money sequences like that where you redeem yourself and you quite literally clinch the game for your team. It says a lot about you. That's a tournament player that's been to tournaments, and you can see why. And this pit team just has so much composure in, in, in those deep moments in a game where maybe they shouldn't have the composure. It could have easily gone the wrong way for them. And that they just keep doing it. They're not the most talented team. They're definitely not talentless, but – I think Miami's more talented um, in terms of just physical star ratings and all of that. I think that you can easily say that. I don't think it's crazy to say that. Um, but you kind of just look at this team, and they're just resilient. And as a sum of parts, they're so good together. They work together. And even when the bench wasn't really that plentiful today, you know, Santos didn't really – it became very clear Santos and the Diaz Gramsciens weren't going to be a factor in this one. They weren't really playing at a high level. And even Nike Sabandi was a little off in this one. So Nike Sabandi didn't play as much today either. Um, he only played, what, 14 minutes. Um, so, yeah, it was largely the starters in this one. 
but they picked him up, and, and Blake Henson was so huge. His ability just to shoot the three with unwavering confidence is such a, a joy to watch. He took 11 threes again in this one, but when you can shoot like he does, and he doesn't just shoot corner threes where he pops and shoots, man. He can fly from NBA range. I think that's the, the shocking thing about Blake Henson. He really never had this in his game, but we can clearly see now this guy – has it all in that regard. And he's, in his last three games, 16 points, 24 points, 21 points. He's made 17 threes in his last three games, too. Very, very strong performance from Blake Henson. He's playing his butt off, shooting 38% from three right now. Did anyone expect Blake Henson to shoot that well from downtown? I don't think anyone did. And, and you look at, at the, the differences between this year's team and last year's team. It's that veteran presence. It's that kind of want to play with each other. But look at the three-pointers, too. Greg Elliott shooting 41%. Henson, 38%. Burton, 37%. You know, Sabandi, 32%. Uh, Cummings, 31 Like, that's just a really solid shooting lineup. Um, And, and they, they, didn't, they haven't had that in a while. And they shoot it a lot. And... It's not a bad thing that they shoot it a lot. I know some people wish they would go to the rack more. I would too. Um, I think Blake Kinson really did a nice job of that in this one, actually, where he kind of learned from Wake, you know, where he only took three-point shots, but he drove to the rack when he needed to. Um, I think he really learned from that experience. So you kind of look now at this team and, you know, they're tops of the ACC in three-point attempts per game. They're, they're second most in three-pointers made per game. Um, They just shoot the ball really, really well. They rebound in terms of their rebound margin for the year. It's pretty solid. Um, The offensive boards were really good in this game, too. I thought that was a real big improvement Um, that people maybe didn't talk about as much, but they probably should. I thought that was a really big factor in this one because coming into this one, they average about 12, you know, Miami averaged about 12 offensive boards per game, but they only got one in this one, only credited with one. And so keeping Wong and Pack and, and all those guys um, kind of off the, the board in, in terms of rebounds and forcing them to make their shots right away, just an absolutely massive uh, boon for Pitt. Meanwhile, they get 12 offensive boards themselves plus nine rebound margin for the Panthers, and they end up with 17 second-chance points. I mean, that's the difference in the game right here. It was able to crash the boards with great success, and I thought that was great. Um, 12 turnovers for Miami, 11 for Pitt, 14 to nine in the points off turnovers, so not crazy there. Um, I just think, you know, this game was a hectic one. I think Pitt did what they had to do, and their resiliency showed through. And this is a team that really likes playing with each other, man. Like, they really are. I think that is kind of the biggest thing here. This team just likes to play with one another. And, you know, the, you have guys that stir the drink. They have two guys with higher end, all ACC talent in Burton and, and Henson. But they also have all the corresponding pieces they need. And when guys don't step up and, and when guys are cold for the day, there's always another guy behind that guy. 
to pick him up. And I, I really think that is the takeaway from this game, is that Pitt is a diverse group. They're a good team. They're a group that really comes up with big plays when they need them. They're a clutch team. They're a battle-tested team. And they're a team that works through multiple different players on different days. And so I think Pitt right now is a dangerous team that's coming together. They're building a really good resume for themselves. You know, this is seven quad two and quad one wins together now. That's top 15 in the nation. Um, That's really good for Pitt in terms of their resume for the tournament. I think the committee is going to really like that fact about them. Um, They only have one quad four loss. That's going to be really good. And Florida State playing much better now, almost beat Clemson. Um, so Florida State could potentially make a run here up to quad three. That would help Pitt. Um, so all of this stuff would just really help Pitt. And now eight ACC wins. I, I mean, they only need five more wins to get to 20. That's kind of your magic number. I think your magic number might be 21. If you can go – you can win six more. I think it's hard to argue they wouldn't be in the turning right now. You can go 14 and six in conference play plus win an ACC tournament game, certainly. If you win an ACC tournament game at that point, you're definitely it. Um, I, I think Pitt, though, just doing everything they win. They just want to win right now, and they are just playing at a high level. Everyone on this team, you know, they have their own issues at times, but what a fun group to watch. What a, what a high-level group. It really feeds off each other. And they're never selfish. And they're able to take a backseat on any given night if it's not their night. And I think that is a really underrated quality for this team. But a really good one and a great win for Pitt. All right, everybody, as always, thank you for listening to the Locked on Pitt podcast. As always, hail to Pitt.